It's great. Andrew's going to share a word with us. We appreciate him and the gifts and, uh, that Andrew brings, the heart and life of church and the word that God's placed on his heart. So let's welcome him as he comes and shares this evening. Bless you, Andrew. Thank you so much. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord, I just thank you that you're uh, more interested in us encountering you than us just attending a meeting. Lord, I pray that as we continue tonight, that this may continue to be a place of encounter and experiencing your goodness and power and presence. Lord God, it's not just a nice coffee and meeting up with each other that makes a difference. It's encountering your presence that transforms us from glory to glory. And Lord, we just want to be open to you tonight and to the work of your Holy Spirit, the leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit, that we may encounter you afresh. And Lord, I pray that out of all my jumble of words that I might speak in this place tonight, that you would speak clearly into our hearts and lives for the glory and honor of your name. Amen. Amen. Um, Recently, I uh, shared with the youth and uh, young adult leaders about creating um, an atmosphere for expectation. Tonight, I want to just kind of expand on that, what I've shared with them recently, uh, for us, for our lives. So if you've got your Bibles with you, that'd be fantastic. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 15, um, verses 1 to 6. It'd be great if we uh, have that ready. Um, I think there's three different types of people, so I'm going to ask you which type of person you are. I think there's tent people, caravan people, and hotel people. <laughs> so how many uh, consider themselves to be a tent person? Like going camping? Oh, one or two, three. Adrian, your hands down. No, no, not a tent person. Who's a caravan person? Uh, well, yeah, there's a little overlap there. A few, ca- few more caravanners join the club. And uh, and uh, who's hotel? Who consider? Oh, Lordy! Wow, check that out there. Uh, I I used to be a tent person. I have to say, but since I married, married Penny, for some reason become hotelers. Um, she's posher than me. I think that's what it was. Uh, my my mum and dad were always caravan people. Um, and uh, remember one of the last caravan holidays that my mum and dad had uh, was actually Burnham on Sea. Infuse. They decided to stay on the li- little uh, caravan park where all the caravans looked I- absolutely identical, all squashed in. And uh, I remember uh, hearing afterwards about this, but my dad was in the caravan rifling. He'd gone for a walk, come back, starts rifling through all the cupboards, looking for something. And then uh, a lady stepped into the caravan. She said, what are you doing? He says, what do you mean what I'm doing? I'm going through the cupboards looking for my mint imperials. What are you doing? She says, you're in my caravan. So my dad had actually gone in this lady's caravan, uh, rifling through her cupboards. That's terrible. Don't know why I said that. Um, So temp... Tent people. Tonight I want to share about a tent dweller. Got to be careful how you say that. (laughs) Steady. Tent dweller. His name was Abraham. And a familiar story. um, But I just want to pull something out from there. Um, Yeah, I used to love tents going on. In fact, I was uh, at junior school. I was in the Ornithologist Club. We had uh, camping expeditions. Uh, For those who don't know what ornithology is, ask Adrian. It's a... Bird watching. And I have to say, there were some lovely birds on the east coast of, of Britain. There was puffins and guillemots and red herrings, <laughs> like that. Uh, 
So, yeah, th- uh, I was in the ornithology club. I, I went camping with them. Uh, but, as I say, all changed when I married Penny. Um, Abraham, though, Abraham uh, knew what it was like to live in a tent, to be in a tent. He had a nomadic lifestyle, they'd say. As I said, he was a tent dweller. Uh, at 75 years old, um, Abraham, or Abram as he was called then, left Haran in obedience to God's call, and he continued moving around in his tent with his family from place to place. And here we pick it up in Genesis chapter 15, and I'm going to read the first six verses. So tonight we're talking about creating an atmosphere for expectation. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son, since you've given me no children? Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Amen. So Abraham meant exalted father, who was later to become uh, Abraham, father of a multitude, as he saw that word uh, uh, from Father God released in his life, and he became, uh, he became father, he had his own son, and, uh, and then he grew into a multitude, as it were. So uh, tonight, I just want to share something about why I'm talking about, mention tents. Uh, because Abraham lived in a tent with his family. He was, as I said, he was tent dweller. He was in, uh, had a nomadic lifestyle. And he lived under the ceiling of canvas. And, um, and here we see that God gave Abraham a vision. And it was on the inside of his tent. God stepped into Abraham's tent, into a, his space, to his home, to the place that he dwelled. And um, we see that God led Abraham out. Now, You see in that story that he uh, threw loads of questions God's way. It was almost excuses. uh, What what can you give me, God? I've got got no children. This servant of mine is going to inherit my estate. You've you've given me no descendants. You've given me no son of my own. You can sense the anguish in his voice as we read that. And uh, even though God was speaking to Abraham, even though God had stepped into that tent that day, maybe that night, it was that night, he still had trouble accepting the promise. And it's easy to understand. He had all this wealth. He had uh, lots of servants. had all those different things. But it didn't help him with what he really wanted. A son and an heir. And he was getting on in years. And he'd been so far. And he'd seen so much. But he lived for that day where he would have a son. And, and the, the sense of disappointment that there must have been for him. You know what, there's times in our own lives when we can't see the, the whys or the whats or the wherefores when really it's easy to become doubtful and disappointed just as Abraham did there. And it's easy to, to, uh, our, for our circumstances to limit our view of God, to let the, the negative determine uh, our view of God. We can reduce God uh, to the level of what we see in front of us. 
And it seems that his faith was restricted by this ceiling of circumstance in his own life. It was his, it, the limitations of his own mind and heart that, had to, that we see him battling there, there with, with some of those questions it was uh, talking to God with. And I wonder tonight whether we feel that we're in a place where there's a ceiling, uh, not necessarily a canvas ceiling, but a ceiling of circumstance, maybe of disappointment, a ceiling of, of doubt, a, a ceiling of unforgiveness and not being able to move on. Maybe a, a ceiling of being stuck in a rut and feeling like this is my lot. This is, this is it. This is all I've, I've got. Maybe we've resigned ourselves to that, that um, sense of disappointment, that ceiling over our lives where that's our lot. I want to encourage us tonight that if you're feeling that you're in that place of restriction, that you can't see a way out of it, you feel that that's, that's the lot, then I, I really believe that it's not over. I, I really believe that our canvas ceilings don't have to be our lot. I, I really believe that the canvas ceilings of our own heart and mind don't have to, to determine our future in God. And uh, as I shared uh, a little bit of this with the youth and, and young adult leaders, um, uh, it was encouraging that, that that level of expectation as we come into this year, trusting God, despite what happens in previous years. And there's, there's something that takes place with Abraham in this story that shifts him from a ceiling of doubt to being accredited as a man of faith. There's something that took place from the start of this story where we hear all his doubts and excuses and questions to God to the end of the story where we see that he was count, it was counted as him, uh, God counted him as righteous because of his faith. There's something in his life that shifted. There's something that took place where the ceiling of circumstance over his life and over his heart, over his mind, something shifted to release him to be a man of faith. Wow, it's because God created an atmosphere for expectation. God created an atmosphere for expectation. And we read that it was under the expanse of stars. Wow. So we see in uh, something happened in, in verse 5. We're going to look at that in a minute. So sometimes uh, I like to lie in bed and look up at the ceiling. Well, in our ceiling, it's a little bit different because we've got a loft room. So five years ago, we, we converted our loft into a bedroom and uh, we, I put a Lux window in that's just, uh, just nicely above my side of the bed. So at night, I can look up and I love to look up at the stars uh, and as I'm going to sleep. Uh, my wife has said for the last five years, uh, we need to get a blind on that window and I've not done it between you and me. The reason I've not done it is because I just like to look up at the stars. And uh, I love to do that. I count the stars and look at them and wait for a shooting star. And quite often I'll fall asleep waiting for it because it never happens. But, but uh, there are between 200 and 400 billion stars in our galaxy. Because I counted them. And there could be as many as 500 billion galaxies in the universe, each of which you could have as many or as more, more stars than the Milky Way. Incredible. Now, I feel for the person at NASA's whose job it is to count all them, because I don't know where they get them figures from. I think they're probably guesstimations, and that's probably just a fraction of what God has made, to be honest. But it's, I know this, it's a big universe, and it's pretty impressive and amazing to look up on a clear night. Um, and on, on a good night, 
you can see, when it's nice and clear and the sky, you can see, through, you can see at least 20 quadrillion miles. That's just mind-blowing, is, is that about right? Again, someone's guesstimated that, but amazing, amazing. And uh, it's interesting what Nettie shared, that word that she shared earlier, because suddenly when we see all of that, and God's handiwork, we can suddenly start to feel very small and insignificant and like a little speck in the whole universe. It's easy for us to feel lost in all of that, never mind lost in our own lives and situations sometimes. So it's great that Nettie shared that word because actually we are valuable, we are significant to God. And when, um, when God led Abraham, I'll call him, or Abraham, he led him out of the ceiling, the canvas ceiling, and into the expanse of stars. He's, he was speaking of Abraham's significance and value. He said, look, look at all that. Look up at the stars. Go on, have a go, Abraham, or Abraham. Have a go at counting those stars in the sky. Let, let me widen your vision. Let me lead you to something bigger than that canvas ceiling you've been under. Moaning that these things aren't going to happen. Questioning and doubting that these things are ever going to happen. Let me lead you into something where you see something bigger. Go on, Abraham, have a look at all of that. Have a look at it all. Have a go at counting those stars. We could be here for a long time, but have a go. This is what I'm going to do through you, Abraham. And when Father God took Abraham from under his canopy of canvas to the canopy of the stars... He reminded him of the greatness of his God and the capability of his creator. And you know what? The promise from God for Abraham was reinforced by the greatness of God. And uh, and I want to encourage us tonight that as we maybe tonight leave this place, as uh, maybe you've not got the, the privilege of having a, a deluxe window above your bed, but... Take a look at those stars because, and see what the maker of the universe has done. And I would encourage you to continue to invite him to be not only the, the creator of the universe, but the, the maker of the universe, but the master of your life. And being open and trusting God. I want to encourage us tonight to step out from under the canvas and into the cosmos. And I really feel that this is a word for us as a house, uh, as a church going into this year. But actually, it might be a word that applies to you as an individual that you feel, felt like you've been in a place of restriction and limitation, but that actually God's heart is to lead you out of that. Our restrictions aren't God's limitations. Those things that we feel that we can't do or we're not going to go any further or that we've hit a wall, our restrictions are not God's limitations. And I believe that he can break through, bring breakthrough in our lives to releases of those restrictions. He is immeasurable. The Bible tells us it's immeasurable in his love and in his wisdom and in his knowledge. He's immeasurable. It was uh, Tozer said this. A great man of God says this, since God is infinite, whatever he uh, is must be infinite. And also without any actual or conceivable limits. God is without limits. Altogether boundless in his goodness, mercy, love, grace. That's what Tozer said. Fantastic. Under the expanse of God's universe, under the expanse of his greatness and his goodness, lies the opportunity for us to live lives full of hope. An expectation. Psalm, uh, Psalm 147 says this. He heals the brokenhearted 
and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars. See, God even counts the stars. He counts the stars and he calls them all by name. All those billions and billions of stars, he counts them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. This is our God, the creator of the universe, who looks down on our lives, not as a speck, but as significant. Not as valueless, but as valuable. Not as a people with restriction, but a people that we can connect with him and discover his unlimitedness. And I I believe that God's uh, faith in God's greatness should create a place of expectation for us. Because that's what Abraham discovered in his life. And we I think Jordan, you might have even mentioned it earlier. All things are possible for God. All things are possible for God. And and me and Adrian's talked uh, I think it was the end of last year about the can do spirit. You know what? The can do spirit uh, begins with the greatness of God. I can do all things through Christ. And, uh, you know, maybe if all we've ever seen is the same thing over and over again in our lives, maybe it's uh, time for us to step out from under the, the canvas ceiling and under the, the uh, expanse of, of God's greatness and trust him with the bigger picture. And you know what? We don't always see the road ahead, do we? Don't under- understand or comprehend why certain things happen, but we've just got to trust God's greatness and goodness and that was a lesson I learned last year. And you know what? God's, God's vision for our lives, for your life, for my life, for the life of this church, the, God's vision for our lives is broader, it's deeper, it's wider, it's further than any vision that we can come up with for ourselves. And I'll tell you why that is. Because it, does, it doesn't just revolve around ourselves. His, his, his vision for our lives and for this church is broader, is deeper, is wider, is further than what we come up with because it's not restricted to you and me. It's something broader and bigger and deeper and wider because it's about us. It's about this area. It's about this, uh, this community. It's about this world that we live in. It's about this generation. That's why we can truthfully say that God has got bigger things for us. Because it doesn't just revolve around us. That's one of the reasons why he can do uh, and will do more than we can ask or imagine. Because we tend to imagine things just about me. When God imagines things, it's about us. It's about generations. It's about generations to come. I, I love it that I'm part of a church family that is invested in generations invests in generations but has also invested in generations and some of some of our church family that have been around a lot longer than some others like Dave and Sally and Auntie Margaret uh, that that have really plowed and invested into generations And, and we're here tonight because of that because they didn't just see a growing congregation or a congregation to to grow but to serve the purposes of God for the generations, this is what's important for us. That we're not just thinking uh, about ourselves, but about what is to come and what God is wanting to do. And this was a journey of discovery that Abraham uh, was on. That he, you see at the start of the story, he was saying, well, I've not got someone to, a son to, to, uh, as an heir. I've not got this. I've not got that. And God, where are you in all of that for me? 
And then God led him out to something bigger than he could see for himself. The descendants, the stars to come, the tribes, all that that was to come. Because it didn't revolve just around one man, Abraham, but it revolved around God's plans and purposes for that generation and generations to come. I would encourage us to expect more. Because in this place tonight, as we've encountered God's presence, I really believe that it's God creating an atmosphere for expectation. And we we don't discover the full measure of life without Christ. We don't discover the full measure of life without Christ. Jesus himself said that the thief comes to only to come to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's in Christ that we discover the fullness of life, a life without limits, a life without measures, a life without restrictions. Um, it's great. Um, who said it earlier? Someone said it earlier. It's uh, about freedom. Yes, was it you, Nettie? I saw that hand. <laughs> I saw that hand. <laughs> That it was freedom, for freedom that Christ has set us free. Or was it you, Linda, brought that word? It's a great word as well about the prison. Linda shared earlier about the prison and feeling that you might be in a prison. Why is a prison? It's a place of restriction and a place where you feel that you've got no freedom. Maybe Abraham's prison could have been his own tent as he sat and dwelt and thought about where he was in his own life. It was interesting. God had to lead him out of that place. It says that God took him out. Took God Took him. Abraham didn't do it himself. God took him out and told him to look up at the stars. Pray that we would know God's leading from those places of restriction to a place of expanse. Oh, I think time's almost up. But uh, <clears throat> it'd be great to pray over this, that we wouldn't be a church or a people living in limitation and restriction. Uh, Dave shared a story with me on Friday. I tend to read, read our, our daily bread. Uh, Dave was sharing a story from Word uh, for Today. Uh, some of you may have read it. And it, and it was this. Um, when a rural farming community was hit by a severe drought, the local church called a prayer meeting. As the pastor stood before a packed church, he noticed an 11-year-old girl beaming with excitement in the front row. Lying on the pew beside her was a bright red umbrella. Poised and ready for use. Looking at the congregation, he announced, the rest of us came to pray for rain in this drought, but she came expecting God to answer. She came with an expectation in the atmosphere of prayer for breakthrough. Wow, an 11-year-old girl with a sense of expectation that the rain would come in a drought season. Wow, wow. You know what? The promises of God for our lives and for this church are um, reinforced in the greatness of God. Not restricted by our, oh, I don't know if he can do that. I don't know if he will do that. Uh, Hebrews 12 tells us to, uh, instructs us to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our life. Whatever happens for good in this place, in this area, in our lives, isn't because of any one particular person other than Jesus Christ as we fix our eyes upon him. So tonight, as we step out from our limitations and restrictions, look up to the stars, I want us to uh, encourage us to look to Jesus in that, to, to look what he can do, to look at his creative power to make something from nothing. 
And uh, I believe that as we, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we'll have a clearer vision for our lives, for this place. I'm going to invite uh, musicians to, to come. And I, re- I really feel that this um, is a way that we can respond in this. Because maybe, uh, and I, I really feel that because kind of Linda and Natty have confirmed with the words that they, they shared, that maybe some of us feel that we're in that prison or place of limitation and restriction and the hope in this story that we receive is that God led Abraham out. And Abraham, the exalted father, became Abraham, father of multitudes, father of many. Wow. And God, in his infinite wisdom and infinite power and love and goodness and greatness, that same God is here tonight, his presence with us to lead us out from those places to a place where we discover the fullness of living a life with Christ. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I want to pray that tonight you would lead us out from uh, places of limitation to places of greater expectation. Oh, Jesus, to expect more that this year ahead in our own lives and in this church that we would expect more. Expect more from the one who flung the stars into space and calls them all by name. What amazing detail. What amazing detail. And Lord, you know every detail of our lives. I pray that we'll be a people who trust you, Jesus, that are led by your Holy Spirit. Oh, that you lead us into expansive areas. Oh God, I pray that as a word for this place, that you'd lead us into expansive places. Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I pray that you would release that word in our hearts tonight. Thank you that this is a place that you've created for expectation. May we be expectant of more. Oh, Jesus. Can I just invite you, if you can, to stand to your feet and Oh, Jesus. Can I just say, let's see that this is a place of expectation. And maybe we can start to sing our own song, whether it's a song in in tongues or a song. Let that heart begin to stir with expectation. Because tonight, I think it'd be great if we pray that God would break and lead us from a place of restriction. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's let's lift our our song to Jesus.